It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, welcome. It is awesome to have you here. In today's episode, we are exploring two massive trends of the moment. So we're talking to a marketplace because obviously there's an awful lot of marketplaces these days around being started and being grown, focusing on different niches or niches of consumers. In this case, we're talking about consumers who want to buy more sustainably, which is a fast, fast growing niche. And we're also talking about sustainability, what it takes to make your business net zero or sustainable, uh, what that might mean. We're talking about how you get the message over to consumers, the type of consumers who are currently responding to these messages. And of course, this is a marketplace you may choose to list your products on because it will help you grow your sales. We are going to get into that and some excellent tips in a moment. But before we do all that, please do check out our sponsors. I am Alexandria Collis, Director of Customer Experience for Princess Polly. I'm focused on our strategy and innovation in the CX department here at Princess Polly. I have a quote and I always tell our CX leaders that customer experience is the heart of an organization and we pump the blood and deliver the oxygen to the vital organs in the business to help them thrive and grow stronger. The gorgeous platform allows our agents a seamless place to just do it all. We are really there for the customer every step of the way if they want. Our customers expect quality and efficiency where they are. So the real question is, how do you get quality and efficiency across every single platform? And then once you have it, how do you maintain it? And I believe that with the Gorgeous platform, we can do that. If you're interested in learning more about Gorgeous, go to gorgeous.com and mention podcast for two months free. And now to introduce today's special guest. Joe Darwin is the founder of Vio, Europe's most sustainable online shopping destination. It's a marketplace with over 200 independent brands selling over 50,000 unique products across fashion, beauty, food, drink, and home. Started in 2019, they've been perfecting their model and the technology that powers it, relaunching the final version in September 2021, which is now growing 30% on month. Hello, Joe. Hi, Chloe. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you here and congrats on the success of your platform thus far. I can't wait. Can't wait to see where it goes in the future. Um, but I've just given our listeners a, a super quick overview of what, you've, what you're up to. How did you get into this particular e-commerce journey? Great question. Um, I suppose going way, way back when I was like a teenager, don't know, 13, 14, I was messing around with the early web and I started an eBay company, like, a, you know, signed up as an eBay and I was selling CDs and DVDs when that was a thing. That was where it starts. And then I suppose to do the short version, <laughs> <laughs> about seven years ago, I was working at a Department for International Trade or UKTI, as it was known then, leading a program called e-exporting. Um, so on that program, what we did uh, as a government program will support UK SMEs and businesses to increase their e-commerce sales by cross-border. So we partnered with like over 40 of the big platforms, obviously eBay, Amazon, uh, Alibaba, all the big ones. And it was that journey where I really kind of got into the e-commerce kind of thing. And it obviously then led me to do a, do a marketplace. 
quite the long journey to getting there. Um, what led you to decide that your marketplace was going to be about helping consumers buy more sustainably? Because there's loads of different ways you could have gone about it. What, what led you to go down that niche? I think um, even way back then, you could see the that sustainability was on the rise. Personally, for myself, um, I was kind of getting really into it, seeing the kind of early pangs of the climate conversation, all that sort of stuff. So it was really hard. So initially, like many businesses, I couldn't shop the way I wanted to. I couldn't find, uh, you know, organic hoodies or food and drink or beauty. So I thought, right, okay, let's start a marketplace. And I couldn't find one that was doing it. So that's where it came from. Yeah, it's one of those areas where there's a definite kind of economy of scale of if one company can pull it all together in one space, it saves thousands of consumers doing all their own individual research and just streamlines that buying process, which I guess hopefully means that more of the consumers actually manage to complete a sustainable purchase rather than giving up and just buying the first hoodie they see. Yeah, that's exactly one of the problems that consumers do have. It's that... um so I don't know, should we coin sustainable fatigue? <laughs> I like that, sustainable fatigue. Yeah, they're going online um, and you hear all these stats, which are validated that, you know, nine out of 10 consumers want to shop sustainably. If you stop them in the street and ask the answer, but actually the value action gap and what can actually be achieved is more like sort of 30% or three out of 10. And it's because of these problems. They don't know where to go. They don't, these. It, it, I suppose those challenges that were, existed back then exists now with even more urgent and vital because we've got like this greenwashing big brands and stuff they'll basically tell porkies and it's up to the consumer to try and navigate that which is really hard so we thought yeah that there's another added value in a platform that brings everything in one place and then does the research for you and that must be you know to keep that as the usp for your business when you've got 50,000 unique products and 200 independent brands. That's quite a lot of workload for your team to make sure you're only letting the right brands on and that, you know, that none of those brands go rogue, I suppose, but, but clearly thoroughly worth investing in too. No, definitely. That is an ongoing process, but we've got kind of automated checks and things in place now, a bit of machine learning and stuff. So it will flag up keywords We've got a technology system that pulls products in from the brand sites, like if they've got a Shopify or Magento, we have those integrations, and it flags certain words, and then it'll sit in our back-end tool, and we'll kind of go, oh, hang on, let's have a, a review. So it is a challenge, but we make sure we can keep on top of it by giving our team the tools and stuff to, to, you know, to constantly review that. If that's our USP, we need to be definitely on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like the definitely worth doing in the you know big old tick box against that one so um where in the world is your business based and where are you currently selling to we're in sunny manchester and we sell worldwide with a caveat of we currently focus our marketing campaigns in the uk so we're focused on the home market but we do just because of kind of seo and other promotions and stuff, we get international customers and our brands, some of which are international, based worldwide, but we're in Manchester focusing on the UK, certainly for the next 12 months. And then we envision the kind of internationalization strategies and stuff, but that's all to come. Well, four, four months in as we record this to the 
kind of semi-final version of your, you know, your your proposition going live. Yeah, I think I think a year of perfecting it in the UK before rolling out more aggressively internationally makes a lot of sense. And clearly with your experience at UKTI or DIT or whatever we're calling it these days, um, <laughs> you've got the, you know, the knowledge to definitely take it in that direction. So um, what led you to select the products which you're focusing? So I said in the intro, it's fashion, beauty, food, drink, and home. Five huge categories, but obviously a lot of things not in- included in there. So what led you to those five categories? I think we looked at the lifestyle of someone who wants to live sustainably or a, a conscious consumer. I mean, what do they need on a day-to-day? We thought fashion, beauty, food, and home really summarizes it sort of end to end what the consumables we need day to day um and that yeah that, that encompassed it we think a couple of things we don't do which is kind of like or yet i should say like the electronics and those kind of things you know you couldn't buy a laptop or a large screen tv or a blender or something like that but i think that's also something coming and we've got to it's harder to assess those so i think these products encompass the needs of a, a modern sustainable consumer and also have a an easier uh, not an easier path a more straightforward path let's say to assess the, the problem the supply chain and stuff and you mentioned um you know obviously you've got the team who are vetting and bringing on board your brands but what does the team look like in the business at the moment because it's it's i'm assuming it's not you doing everything so so are you doing everything in-house how many of you are there what are you outsourcing currently I'd say 100% in-house. Uh, we've got a team uh, of 10, including myself, four of which are software engineer developers, so our tech team. And then we've got brand relationship managers and marketers who kind of do all, all the rest of it, I suppose, including the admin. But the three departments, marketing, brand, and tech, we all sit on the same few tables and have a really good culture, you know, as where whatever each other's building or working on, we're all aware of it and know why we're building that. So yeah, just 10 of us at the minute. Very nice. And, um, you know, the, the thing with the marketplace is always the chicken and egg of, you know, do you need the customers to get the products? Do you need the products to get the customers? Now, clearly you've been very successful at getting the products on board. You've got over 200 independent brands, 50,000 different products. So I'm going to kind of park that and talk about the other part of the chicken and egg scenario, which is the customers. Do you find that you are appealing to the consumer who's already educated about the fact they should be making sustainable choices but wants to fast track their decision making process or are you appealing to you know and re-educating consumers who just want a great hoodie some great toiletry products I'd say we're on a sort of 70% that feels like when we do our personas and look at our audience and stuff they're sort of pretty educated um but they're certainly not kind of a a super eco warrior in in that <laughs> sense and that i think is not quite nicely reflective perhaps if you make an assumption of, of the wider population in that the ones who want to make better sustainable choices don't know it all but they know mm-hmm. some so perhaps like you say they won't get caught up in any greenwashing claims from some other companies they know that much but then they also will be fascinated to know why this handbag is sustainable and, oh, it's Pinatex, what on earth is that? Oh, it's pineapple leaves, who'd have thought type of thing. So there's kind of a, a mid, yeah, a, a mid a mid section. 
you said about the sustainability fatigue and give up. I think there's also, if I think about my own buying activities at the moment, there's certainly the sustainability confused. You know, it's like this product's made from that and this product's made from this. They both have good points and bad points, but this one's more recyclable. This one isn't, but how long am I going to keep? And you kind of end up in this kind of vortex of confusion as a consumer when you're trying to make a good decision, even between two theoretically sustainable products. So I think, you know, just the the ability to help solve the confusion whilst also getting a bit more education at the time must be quite appealing to the consumer. Hopefully that's one of the problems we can solve. Um, it's interesting you say that because, yeah, I suppose this is where we break down sustainable as a word because people slap it on a lot of stuff. But we kind of, we've included about our three pillars. So that, I suppose, breaks down what we perceive sustainability to mean and then if we communicate that to our customers then they're that they're, they're more educated and kind of it resonates more clearly oh i understand now it's not just one element for example oh this company plants a tree for every order which is an incredible thing to do but if they're selling x whatever, oil in a bottle yeah, <laughs> yeah. something like that so it, yeah it's, it's those kind of things which is which is great because it's not too hard to explain but once they see it so oh see okay so sustainable can be used as a really broad term but actually when you get into it uh, there's a couple of things that make it sort of yeah tick a, a few more boxes yeah because there is and I'll, I'll get you to in a second to explain your three pillars because it is one one of those interesting things you're kind of like, well this is a very sustainable brand but they're still making their product in a sweatshop does that work or you know they're a brand who yes this is some very sustainable high fat content chocolate but it's probably not going to do me a lot of good if I eat a kilo of it. So there's there's those kind of balances as well, which I guess is why we come back to your three pillars. So could you explain a bit about those three pillars? Which I guess is kind of courty, could equate it to a values piece, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so our three pillars is kind, healthy, sustainable. Kind being the ethics, obviously, for people uh, and animals in the supply chain. Health being for the individual, but also the kind of wider, you know, so toxins and pesticides and all sorts of stuff. And then sustainable just being the, the bigger environmental picture. But it's good examples you gave then of a T-shirt and chocolate because an organic T-shirt, organic cotton, organic hemp, organic bamboo, brilliant. But if it's made in a sweatshop, then it's not so good. And then with the chocolate, yeah, it could be, let's say, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have any problem with a high sugar content, but let's say it was organic sugar, fair trade. Okay, brilliant. So the farmers are paid and it's great and it's all that sort of stuff. However, it's 90% cane sugar. This is, <laughs> this is not going to be good for me. But the, yeah, those are the kind of things. So we try and get a balance across the three to make sure that there's a... So that's what we deem sustainable, uh, an umbrella over those three things. I'm sure many people will go to the website and have a look at how you've done it, but it does make it feel very reassuring to the consumer. Ah, okay, this is this is the filter through which I'm viewing the products on this website. And they've been they've been filtered already. This is what it stands for. So I can buy with confidence without having to, you know, for those those who aren't full eco-warriors can just go, this is all going to be sustainable. I'm fine. Those who have eco-warrior levels on different things may need to do a bit more, but it it's going to help the majority. And I suppose that comes back to that kind of middle 70% you're talking about, those who want to do better, but just need a bit of a helping hand along the way. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we'd, we'd, we'd like to hear from 
the eco warriors um, because they're fantastic. They ask some really good questions, and we like to think we can respond most of the time and say, "Yeah, absolutely, this is answers the query," and it, we're, we're still on side. But yeah, it's great to know that it is quite feels um, digestible, so that someone sees it and say, "Actually, yeah, I've got trust." That's what it's all about. I think is that we've had the independent verifications from a lot of the platforms, whether that be ethical consumer and B Corp and stuff, but then. We just want to be able to communicate that at a sort of first sight. So if we, it feels trustworthy, of course, these can be verified and checked. And then it just kind of, you know, that's the, the UX side. Hopefully the consumers think, yep, this is, I'm comfortable with this and how they've set it up. Because your, um, your footer is a world of beautiful trust marks. It has to be said. Um, I lost I lost kind of quite how many there were. But as you mentioned, you have done the B Corps certification. I think you're in the top 5% of uh, global B Corps. And you've been most ethical online retailer for three years running on ethical consumer. So you have those trust marks and that social proof you know, to give the consumer the additional backing. How hard is it to keep the standards up for those things. I know a lot of people listening are like, yeah, I want to get on that. I want to, you know, get those boxes ticked, be able to tell our customers, you know, get that external proof that what we're doing is the right thing. But I think a lot of certainly smaller businesses shy away from it because they're a bit worried it's going to take a lot of time and effort. So is it easy to keep the standards up and keep those trust marks in place? Um, Obviously it's essential for your business, but would you recommend it to others? Two things. Is it easy? Maybe it's not easy. It's an ongoing challenge that we keep on top of. But because it's sort of in our DNA as a company, it's sort of, yeah, it's vital um, and part of our everyday activities. I definitely recommend to other companies. I mean, the B Corp can certainly be quite a challenge, but there's B leaders who can help sort of facilitate that with with companies. Ethical Consumer are fantastic. They're a 30-year-old sort of research organization with a magazine. Wow. And whatever your sector or category as a product business, whether that's T-shirts, chocolate, coffee, internet providers, you know, they rank everything, washing machines. You can go and say, you know, I'd like to have a review and they'll work with you, we you know, any, any business and say, this is what you can look at. And then they have like a Best Buy and then they do annual called rankings and stuff and yeah I I definitely recommend it because it's not as arduous as perhaps people think I think when you kind of take a step back certainly with someone helping you with it and they can say okay these are four core areas we're going to work on and these are the activities and we're just going to do x y and z but not only does it kind of it's great for business owners to have the chance to step back and work on the business because you know we all know what it's like when you're in the business day to day it gets on top of you so that's a nice chance to work on the business and have some oversight. And then, of course, that's something you can tell your customers. This is what we've done. This is why we've done it. This is why you can trust us more. You can tell your friends. And then it becomes a kind of promotional tool because people are talking about you. Often, if we at least get the signposting or someone telling us what to do, it makes the whole process so much easier. Because most of us don't need to learn how to become a bee leader. We just need to do the do the work to become the B Corp, if that makes sense. So Joe, with with the the huge potential there is at the moment, I think, clearly you think, because you're, you know, you're building a marketplace in this space for consumers, you know, to help consumers buy more sustainably. Do you think this is something every e-commerce business should be following your footsteps of at the moment? 
Um, I'd have to say that it would be nice, ultimately, that every brand in existence would have, would have um, what's it called, uh, when you get approved by VO, you know, they're yeah. eligible for a, a VO shop. But I think the trends and the data and the, uh, the whole thing is pointing towards, certainly, whether it's at government level and COP26 and everything else all the way down, um, I think it's probably going to be something where the earlier you get on board, the more advantage you're going to be able to gain from it because it's going to be an ine- inevitable end game, I suppose, mm-hmm. I would definitely say. Just like a lot of things in history, it tends to be like who were the first movers and yeah. everyone's now there. It's going to be something like that. So in, in e-commerce, I think every year it gets more kind of urgent to ensure that you're on side with various you know, initiatives and stuff. And with all that's going on in your business at the moment, what's the most awesome thing? Well, the, the scaling the platform, that's one thing. Having spent all this time developing what we're doing and onboarding amazing brands and all that sort of stuff, it's getting out there. We spent 18 months kind of building behind the scenes. So the most awesome thing is now we're out there and doing it all in public and seeing the growth and the feedback and the response. So, yeah. I wish I had something to say, like, you know, some big announcement or something, but that's literally it. No, but that's a huge, a huge moment in any startup's life when the pressure comes slightly off the tech team and gets put firmly on the shoulders of the marketing team. You know, it's a it's a big moment and a big opportunity because it's when the kind of the when you really prove the concept. Just to say on that though, that's where I think um we've got a culture where the responsibility doesn't move department to department and say, right, tech guys, you're done, marketing, off you go. Um, to get into sort of a bit of e-commerce talk, you know, things like conversion rate optimization and customer acquisition cost and uh, lifetime value and all these things, they're sort of intrinsically linked to the platform itself. So making these changes. So marketing can, of course, shout about and optimize all our channels and paid and organic and SEO and all these cool things. But then on the tech side, we're going, you know, how can we increase the basket size? How can we improve navigation for customers to find what they want? How can we make it easier to check out or payment methods? So all at once, no one ever stops. I don't know if that's a good, <laughs> good or bad thing. I think we just shift focus. And that's what we've kind of done. And it's now really cool because we're working towards these metrics, which is nice because you sort of gamify your role. And it's nice to see the activities you're doing be reflected in, you know, uplift of these these things that you measure. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. Getting an online business off the ground is not easy. So if you find yourself working late, tackling a to-do list that's a mile long with your fifth cup of coffee by your side, remember, great email doesn't have to be complicated. That's what Klaviyo is for. It's the email and SMS platform built to help e-commerce brands earn more money by creating genuine customer relationships. Once you set up a free Klaviyo account, you can start sending beautiful branded messages in minutes, thanks to drag and drop design templates and built-in guidance. And with e-commerce specific recommendations and insights, you can keep growing your business as you go. 
Get started with a free account at klaviyo.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Easy accounting for e-commerce is on hand. Cinder helps you track all your transactions and inventory across multiple sales channels in a click. With Cinder, you can seamlessly connect all platforms and automatically generate accurate profit and loss reports, balance sheet and cash flow statements to find the hidden streams of income and optimise your resources. Multi-currency, discrepancy-free reconciliation and more than 30 integrations are available with 10-minute user-friendly onboarding and 24-7 support. As if all that wasn't incentive enough to check Cinder out, you can get a 40% off coupon and e-commerce checklist by going to cinder.me forward slash masterplan. That's S-Y-N-D-E-R dot M-E slash masterplan. It's time for the Top Tips Round. Okay, I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So, Joe, are you ready for the top tips? Yeah, let's go. Okay, we've got the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? I'm going to say Blitzscaling, written by Reid Hoffman, the founder of LinkedIn um, and some other people. Um, and it's just talking about kind of these massive, huge businesses and how they get such scale, um, you know, going from one to 10 trillion in, in 10 years. But it's not just for those businesses. It's really intriguing how those businesses think and, you know, learn a bit about the, the stories, you know, behind Airbnb or Uber and these kind of things. So that's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a good read. <laughs> Excellent. We'll always take a good read. Um, okay, the traffic top tip. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? I'm going to say partnership, outreach and collaboration um, because it's kind of an undefined channel. And I suppose all it means is out, you know, reaching out to aligned businesses or ventures or organizations and each leverage leveraging each other's audiences so i think that's something that we really find a lot of traction with if you're not competitors or even if you are if you sell t-shirts and someone you know sells pants yeah do a giveaway do a bundle kind of <laughs> do things like that which i think is less uh, kind of talked about i think it is less talked about and I'm I keep trying to talk about it whenever I can because it's such an untapped huge opportunity to increase customer acquisition. I love the fact you've uh, you've shared that tip. Um, the tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? I was going to say Slack on this, but I'm sure a lot of people use that. It is the most popular choice for this uh, for this particular question. So you're allowed a second one if you want to add another one in. So I, I was going to move to ClickUp. Some people haven't heard of it, which is it's really surprising. I hadn't heard of it till last year, and our uh, Luigi, our front end developer, came in and said, "This is what they use." So a lot of people know Asana or Monday um, and all these kind of task things, but ClickUp is, is what, well, it's the one we use and we find the best. 
Oh, cool. I haven't heard of it, so I will. I'm a bit of a junkie for an Asana type tool, so I have to go and have a look at that one. Um, okay, the last one, the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? I would say review my other three tips. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's, oh, it's hard to do this in a, in a small tip. I think it'd be kind of taking a step back and finding out, okay, how do, how do I get these 100 and how can I, you know, 10x that? I think the, the cross-pollination collaboration thing is really good because, yeah, if, argument's sake, you leverage some audience, you know, 10 other audiences with aligned brands or organizations, there's a 10x. So, unfortunately, that's not as concise as the others, but that's great. <laughs> that's right. It was good value, so we'll take it. Um, Joe, thank you so much for being on. Before we say goodbye, though, could you let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social, please? Yeah, definitely. Our website is found at veo.world. That's V-E-O. And that's actually our social media. So, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, veo.world. Um, yeah, that's where we are. It'd be great to kind of connect with everyone. You know, whether shoppers, brands, see what they think. I believe you've got an offer for anyone who wants to come shopping. Definitely. If someone uses Master Plan on the checkout, they can redeem a £10 credit. Very nice. And are you actively on the lookout for new sustainable brands to list at the moment? Yeah, always. We're probably on board sort of five or six a week, which is really exciting. And it just increases the, the value of the platform for consumers. So yeah, always, if anyone thinks they know another brand, definitely refer them to bo.world forward slash join and kind of register their interest. Excellent. Well, hopefully a few of our lovely sustainable listeners will be getting in touch um, so you can help them sell some more product. Uh, Joe, thank you so much for being on the e-commerce master plan podcast. It's been excellent catching up with you and I, I'm sure we're going to have to have you back in the future to see how things are going. So thanks for being here. No, thank you. It's great. No, definitely. I'll come back. So some really interesting insight from someone who is all about selling to the conscious consumer, the conscious buyer, um, and a great opportunity for if you are already selling sustainable products, somewhere else you could go about selling those to your target audience, a bit of a partnership, if you like. Um, you can get your hands on the notes from today's show, including the top tips and links to what we've mentioned by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast. There you can also add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the many other things I share to help you improve your business. Now, I interviewed Joe today because he was recommended as a guest by Jesse Rag. Thank you, Jesse, um, on a LinkedIn discussion we were having. Now, if you know someone you think would be a great guest for the show, I would love to hear from you. And you can do that in two different ways. Either you can get them to fill in the form at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash guest, which is where we, we send all our guests so we can uh, get all their details and, and manage them onto the show. Um, or you can always tell me via um, any of the contact methods you have for me, including Twitter or LinkedIn. Please do send me your guest recommendations. And of course, if you want to be a guest on the show, head to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash guest to apply yourself too. 
Thank you so much for tuning into this and every episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I bring you a new interview every week because I want to inspire and help e-commerce business owners to succeed and thrive with their businesses. So if you know someone this show can help, please, please do tell them to listen to the e-commerce master plan podcast. I hope you have a great week and don't forget to keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast. If you're marketing an e-commerce brand, you already know that data changes everything. More data means more power. And if your email or SMS tools can't handle all that data, they're probably holding you back. That's where Clavio comes in. Its top-notch personalization and segmentation help you send the right message at the right time, guided by unlimited real-time data from your online store and tech stack. Request a demo at clavio.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan.